My day started out great this morning. I walked into their student center gym, and uh, there was a football at the three-point line. And so I'm a guy. I picked it up, and I, I, I looked to the other side of the gym, and I chucked it, and it went in. It swished. It was like, it was, I even started walking. Like, I was like, there's no shot at this going in. And I'm, I just chucked it and kept going. And it goes, and I'm like, kind of catch it in the corner of my eye, swish. And I'm like, did anybody catch it? And I'm looking around in the gym, and there's no one in there. And so I'm just hoping my morning goes a little bit. It keeps going well. Um, it doesn't go down from here. But we're so glad you're joining us on this Father's Day, whether you're here in Fremont or you're at Grace Points or maybe you're checking us out also online. And if you're online, we would love if next Sunday you would join us at one of our campuses, whether that's here in Fremont or also at our campus at Grace Point in Northwood. Um, And it being Father's Day, I would ask all the dads in the room, but I'm not going to, I would ask all the dads. Uh, to stand and we would be able to recognize them and celebrate you as being a dad and all that you do. Um, But we all know, sitting in this room right now, we all know you much rather stay seated and recline instead. And so that's exactly what I'm going to ask you to do. Just stay seated and and hope you enjoy the next 30 minutes. Um, And it being Father's Day, it's a special day for me because it's my first Father's Day. Um, I got a (laughs) nine-month... Thanks. (laughs) I got a nine-month nine-month-old little girl named Jada, and and she's just so fun to have, and uh, right now she's uh, in the process of teething, and uh, so currently her sleep routine is not normal, Um, and so she's not sleeping that much, and then also you got the drool that's constant, Um, and so you're constantly just wiping that away, Uh, but it's the good stuff, and I get to look forward to a bunch of different things coming up. She's she's doing the army crawl right now. I get to look forward to her walking. You know, then I get to look forward to the terrible twos, and, and then I get to look forward to the teenagers, um, all those stuff. And, and that can come slowly. That can come, but um, as a dad, you know, and many as you as you cannot relate to me, with me, uh, there's so many different maybe difficulties about being a parent. And there's things that I know that I'm going to have to go through as a parent that I'm not necessarily looking forward to. But there's a, also as a parent, with all those difficulties, there's also a lot of rewards and a lot of blessings. And being a dad, and that's being just a dad for a short time, I'm realizing how many different rewards I get to have and get to go through as being a dad. This morning, as we continue in our series in Romans 8, what we're going to do is talk about, just like we were talking about some of the rewards of being a parent just a second ago, and there's rewards about being a Christian that we're going to look at that Paul, talks, I think, talks about in Romans 8. We're going to pick up in verse 12, but before we do, Pastor Kevin started us up off, off last week here in Fremont. Pastor Harold started us at Grace Point, and they were talking about, last week in the first 11 verses, talking about the freedom we get to have in Christ, the freedom we get to have in knowing Jesus. And so as we're picking this up, they were talking last week as in verse 9, they mentioned, it shows that as a Christian, we get the Holy Spirit. 
And so in verse 12, and as we start reading, we ought to keep that in mind as, that, as a believer. Something that we get to have, something that as a reward that we get to take, have is the Spirit. And it goes like this in verse Romans 8, starting in verse 12. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we get to cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we're children, we're heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. All know the rewards about being a part of family, and we, just like I was mentioning, we're going to look at the. We're actually going to look at three rewards of being a Christian this morning. The first is that reward of having the Spirit. As believers, we get to have the Spirit, and the Spirit helps us have no obligation to our flesh. Have no obligation to obey our old self before we knew Christ. Have no obligation to the worldly desires that might be in our life. Those, those desires are anything that will displease God. Like It could be our pride. It could be our anger. It could be our jealousy. Even though we, as Christians, we understand, we, we, we un- completely understand that we have no obligation to those things. We don't need to obey our desires. We understand it, but we also understand we aren't perfect. And we won't be perfect. So Paul helps us, describe, he describes in, in, in verse 13 two different types of people. One that knows Christ and one that doesn't. He, he describes the person that doesn't know God by, by describing this is a person who lives by the flesh and for the flesh. They, they live for the worldly desires. They're not wanting to live their life pleasing God. They're living to please and chase whatever this world has to offer. Paul, to that person, he gives this huge warning. Verse 13, he tells them, if you are living according to your flesh, you must die. And he's not talking about an earthly death, because obviously we all face an earthly death. But he's talking about a more severe death that is an eternal death, an eternal separation from God. And he's challenging us. He's warning those people who are living according to the flesh. Challenging them that if they continue to live according to the flesh, that they will spend eternity separated from God. Then he describes the person that knows Christ. by The one who lives through the Spirit. Lives by the Spirit. And through the Spirit, they're putting to death the deeds in their life. They're putting to death their earthly desires. And last week as we talked about the freedom of knowing Christ, and I I hope and I I believe, like I was encouraged last week, of the freedom that we get to have in Christ and leaving church and celebrating that freedom. But I can't help but imagine that there's somebody that still, even though they know and they're hearing about the freedom that we get to have in Christ, they're still struggling, they're still battling their sin. And I think it helps sometimes to look at the Old Testament here and, and look at like a story like David. 
and Goliath. David didn't beat Goliath, didn't defeat Goliath on his own power. It was only through God's strength, his power, that he won. Or Moses splitting the Red Sea. It wasn't through Moses' strength and his power that he was able to split the Red Sea. It was through God's. It wasn't through the Israelites' marching ability around Jericho, right, that was able to make them, allow them to knock the walls down around Jericho. It was God's victory. It was through God's strength. It wasn't through Gideon and his army of 300 men that they were able to win a battle. It was, even though it seemed impossible for them to win a battle, it was possible through God and his power and his strength. So this morning, before we continue on, I don't know what battle or struggle you might be having with sin in your life. And if I could encourage you, is it would be is you can't win, you can't have victory in your life over your sin struggle on your own power. Just like the Old Testament stories, if you turn to the Old Testament and start reading through, look at every time Israel tries to lead themselves, what happens? More destruction, more chaos. What happens when they turn to God? And they submit to God. And they were allowed to be led by God. Even when it seemed crazy. Like Gideon. That that story shocks me every time. And if I ever put myself in Gideon's shoes, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Or the story of Israel and Jericho. That doesn't make any sense. Why did God command them to reduce the army to 300 men? It doesn't make any sense. But what we get to understand, when we submit to God and we are led by His Spirit, we get to have victory as believers, as Christians. Our reward is having the Spirit. And the result of that reward is that we can have victory over the sin in our life. Paul, he introduces, he he reminds us that we, as Christians, we should be led in verse 14 by the Spirit of God. But then he continues in in verse 14, introducing the second reward that we get to have as Christians. Where he says, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And just like all the rewards that we're going to look at this morning, the first and second, the reward of being called that we get to be a part of God's family... Having the Spirit, being a part of God's family, and then eventually we'll look at our third. But all of these rewards, re- rewards, we need to keep in mind that not everybody ha- gets these rewards. Not every single person who lives gets these rewards, gets the Spirit, gets to be called God's child. This is only given to those who their position has changed because they've realized they were invited. Actually, everyone is invited, but only a few, only some, and hopefully most of us this morning, we have realized we're invited into God's family. We realize what He's done for us. That even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so we gave our life over to Him. And through that change of position, we were adopted in God's family. And through how we are a part as Christians, as part of his family, what we can understand is we can feel security. Look at verse 15. 
For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption. While being adopted as a child, we can have security where we don't have to, we don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid of being alone or be afraid of being left or be afraid of being not loved. I don't know if you caught it, but there was two different, slaver, there was two different spirits there. There was a spirit of slavery, which he says leads to fear again. And then he says that there's a spirit of adoption. And I, I find it interesting that NSB helps us that it shows that the spirit there, those two, as low, lowercase, not capitalized. If it was capitalized, it would be talking about the Holy Spirit, but it's lowercase, not talking about the Holy Spirit. In fact, these two different ways that it's talking about is two ways people approach God. Some people try to approach God with a spirit of slavery, which leads to them having more bondage. Whereas others realize they can have us come to God with a spirit of adoption, which leads to freedom. You know, if I could ex- explain that a little bit further, it would be through the story of the prodigal son. And hopefully, maybe many of you would probably know that story really well. The story goes, the son comes to his father and asks for all of his inheritance. Even before the dad's dead, before the dad's gone, he comes to his dad almost as a slap to his face and says, Hey, can I have my inheritance? And his dad gives the inheritance to his son. The son leaves and he goes, he leaves home. And he takes his inheritance and he wastes it. He blows it. He doesn't treasure it. He doesn't see the value in it. And all of a sudden, sooner or later, it, it, all of a sudden he realizes it's all gone. And he's left helpless and hopeless, wondering what to do next. And then he starts thinking. And he starts thinking about home. And, and at home, even his dad's servants had everything that they needed. And he starts thinking, and he comes up with this plan, I'm just going to go home. I'm going to go home and I'm going to come up to my dad and I'm going to beg him not to send me away. Not to be ashamed of me. Just allow me to, to, allow me to speak and allow me to be able to convince him to just allow me to become one of his servants, one of his employees. That My dad can be my, employee, my master and I'll just be serving under him. And at least I won't have to worry about what am I going to eat. And I think so many people, they struggle and because they, they try to come to God as his employee. You know, it's all based on how I perform, what I do, how good I am as a person. And if I perform well enough, maybe God will pay my wages. Maybe he will answer my prayers. Maybe that I, I, I could gain God's favor. Or maybe I could, he would protect me. And then that person you see that they have the spirit of slavery, not the spirit of, of obeying, trying to obey God out of love. They have a spirit of fear because they're always afraid if they perform poorly that they could lose their job, that they could lose their salvation, that they could get fired. You know the rest of the story, the prodigal son, son returns home and the dad, he hasn't forgotten his son. He's a good dad. And you know what he's doing? He's looking out in the distance and in the distance he sees his son approaching. You know what he does? He does something customarily not right. He gets up 
and he runs to his son. And when he gets to his son, he doesn't ask, hey, son, where have you been? What did you do? Uh, what, how did you, where did you spend the money? He doesn't ask any questions. He embraces him with a hug. You know, as a follower of Christ, we get to have security because as Christians, we're not God's employee. We don't have to be afraid of being fired because we're called a child of God. We've been adopted into the family. And as a child of God, we're never afraid of being fired because our relationship was never based on our performance in the first place. It was all based on his unconditional love for us. That again, while we were still sinners, he died for us, taking our place. What we deserved. So as a child of God, we get to have security. We also not just only get to have security because our, who our dad is, we get to have intimacy. Verse 15 ends with, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we get to cry out, Abba, Father. As sons, we get to cry out to our Father. And God, again, I think so many people will try to approach God and they believe God is this distant God. Which is far from the truth. I know even for my wife, before she, came to, uh, before she became a Christian, she always believed that her, her relationship with God was based on her performance. In fact, she, she also believed that God was this distant God who didn't care anything about her life. Didn't care about her pain and her hurt. That he was distant. That she had to go through all these different avenues just to access God. One thing that made Christianity so attractive to her is because what she realizes is that God wants us to be secure in our faith. He wants us to find security, but he also wants us to have intimacy. That we get to be close to God. That we have direct, as a Christian, direct access to God. Did you hear the way Paul describes it at the end? Verse 15, not only are we called a child, not only is God described in verse 15 as our father, it ends with, you see it, we get to cry out to him. You know, as a parent, and many as you, as parents, you get a special inside look at how God sees us. You know, he sees you as a child, like you see your child, you love your child so much that if they're crying, you're right there, right? You're wanting to take care of them. They're sick. You're taking care of them. You're staying up all night just because, and it's making you almost worry just because they're sick. You have this relationship with your child that is so special because it's intimate. It's unique. There's nothing else like it. There's no way to necessarily understand how parents feel until you're really a parent. And I, I'm only nine months in, and I, I'm understanding that. 
That before I was a parent, there was no, and before Jada was born, I, I, I was looking forward to it, but there was nothing like the first time I was able to hold her. The intimacy that we get to have as a parent is the same way that we get to have with God. God is right there. We get to have access to him. And because we have access to him, because he's described as our father and we can cry out to him, your pain, your worries, your anxiety, your lack of trust, your need for love, your void in your life, you can take those things to God. And nothing the best thing, nothing can change that. As a Christian, nothing ever can separate that. He's your father. Who's, and through him also being your father, as a child, we get security, we get intimacy, but we get also assurance. Verse 16 says that the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. That we are his as children, we get assurance. Nothing can change the fact that you're his child. Nothing can separate it. And again, inside look. Parents get an inside look of how God feels of, about us. Think about your children for a second. There's nothing that they can do that can cause you to love them less. To say, hey, go away. They're your child. You, you love them unconditionally. Even when they make a, dis, a, a stupid decision. You might be disappointed with that decision. Which is right. You could be also sad. You could be even mad about that decision. But that, the, that feelings, that you're, the emotions that you're going through is because you, how much you love them. How much you care about them. How much you want more for them than that decision that they made represented. Just like how we feel as a parent. That's how God feels about us. There's nothing that can change it. And even if we are disobeying him and we're obeying our flesh even though we have no obligation to it the spirit he testifies that we are his and I think there could be two different ways that we the spirit testifies that is like just like a good dad would discipline his child if they are running away from them or, or, or not obeying them a parent would discipline God will discipline his children not out of hate, but out of love, out of correction, out of I, wanting the intimacy backed together. He also, the Spirit also reminds us how much we are loved by the Father. And this morning, let me encourage you, if you're sitting here this morning and you're going, I don't think I have that kind of assurance, I don't think I have that kind of intimacy, I don't think I have that kind of security, in fact, I think God is a distant God. It's far from the truth. See, God loved you so much that he showed how much he loved you by sending his son to die for us. 
That again, while we were still sinners, Christ took our place, what we deserved. And in, in, in verse 12, where Paul reminds us that as we were supposed, as we are obeying our flesh, we must die. We need to pay an eternal death. But Christ, what did he do? He paid that debt for us. So that if we realize what he did for us on the cross, we could come to him, have a relationship with him. Our position could change. We could be adopted in the family. We will be given the Holy Spirit. And being part of his family, we also get this third reward as being an heir. Verse 17, it says, And if we're children, we're heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. As a child, we get, to be, get, we get the reward of being called an heir. And as an heir, we get the full inheritance. I don't know if you caught in verse 14 and verse 15, how Paul kept saying sons, we get to be adopted as sons of God. And, and, and I know that can be, seem like an offensive, almost, why didn't he say sons and daughters? The reason he didn't say daughters is because during that time frame when he's writing this, daughters had no inheritance. And so the reason he's saying sons is to stress how, how inclusive this is that Paul is saying all believers, all Christians, you get to be called sons, meaning you get the full inheritance. And as sons, like 1 Peter 1.4 says, we get to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and it's undefiled and it will not fade away and it's reserved in heaven for us. It's again the assurance that we get to have as a child of His. And also, we, as a, an heir, we also get the family likeness. At the end of verse 17, it says, If indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. Paul's saying we're going to suffer as a Christian. Matthew 10, Jesus reminds us there that even because of our family likeness, because of us knowing Christ, that we will go through suffering. And so it should be pretty clear to us that Scripture as Christians, it never tells us, and let us never get it twisted, that it, it never tells us life as a Christian is going to be super easy. Life as a Christian, you'll never go through pain or suffering. No, it tells us that we should expect suffering let me ask you a question is the inheritance as Christians as child, children of God is it worth the hardship is it worth the heartache is it worth the suffering that we could go through in this life is the inheritance that we get to have as a Christian As a child of God, being called a child, is it worth all the suffering and hardship and heartache we could go through? Paul answers that in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. It's not even comparable. I get it, the sufferings right now, it's difficult. But we get to celebrate that it's not even comparable to what's to come. 
And if as a Christian, if we, as a child of God, what we get to have is we get to have assurance. We get to have security that we are his and there's nothing that can ever change that. And so we get to have confidence that we are an heir, that we get the inheritance in full as sons. And because we know where our future is heading, we as Christians won't entertain the idea that our current pains, our current problems, our current sufferings aren't worth it. The reward of knowing Christ, the reward, the freedom of knowing Christ, the reward of having the Spirit, the reward of being a child of His, the reward of being called an heir far outweigh. It's not even comparable to what we could go through right now. As a believer, as Christians this morning, on this Father's Day, let's leave this morning feeling grateful, celebrating about the rewards that we get to have as Christians. And let's celebrate also together the reward that we get to look forward to. The inheritance that we get to look forward to, that we get to have. And as a dad, and as many of you, if you're dads in this room, like I'm getting experience for the first time, and I'm learning all the time how to be a better dad, we get to understand, we get a special glimpse as dads on this Father's Day, we get a special glimpse how our Heavenly Father sees us. Which is so unique, so special. God's not distant. He's close to us. He wants intimacy with us. And if you're in here this morning and you're struggling, you're trying to, you don't understand, you don't maybe know What's this whole Christianity thing all about? What's this whole Jesus thing all about? Or maybe you're to a place where you're going, I I know I don't have that kind of security and intimacy and assurance, but I want it. My challenge is, as we are about to pray, is just head into room one and talk to one of the pastors in there. We'd love to talk to you how you can have that kind of assurance that you know our Heavenly Father. Before we close, I'm just going to invite you back next Sunday as Pastor Kevin, he's going to continue on in our series in Romans 8. But this morning, let us celebrate our rewards. The reward that we get to have the Spirit. The reward that we can be called a child of His. And the reward that we get to be an heir. If you guys would, stand with me and let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you so much for everyone that's here this morning on this Father's Day, Lord, and I pray that you bless the rest of our day, Lord. And Lord, for us in this room that has made that decision to follow you with our life, Lord, let us be reminded, let us celebrate the rewards that we get to have in knowing you. And even in our pain and our suffering, help us be reminded that our reward that is coming. 
far outweighs anything that we could ever go through right now. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In your name, amen. You guys are dismissed. See you guys next week.